Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wazzas! Let's get fucking listening, baby! Welcome to Owls House Six. Me, it's your man. It's your main man. It's Old Walls. I'm back again with you, ladies and gentlemen. For the 92nd time, Old Walls House is coming your way. Uh, as always, I just want to say thank you to everybody. I appreciate all you guys uh, watching, listening. Maybe there's some gals out there too. Probably not too many of you, but if there are, I appreciate you guys too. Uh, so thank you, everybody. Um, appreciate the support as always. Uh, always want to say thank you to producer Kevy. Uh, he, you know, puts everything together for us and gets this thing going for us. And uh, uh, we got a fun show coming. Before we get there, you guys know the deal. If you guys could, please rate, review, comment, subscribe, and share. Uh, tell some people about Old Walls House. I'd appreciate it. Uh, like I said, fun show. <clears throat> going to be joined by uh, Big E's Ethan E. Sexton. Uh, we're going to talk the MLB playoffs, uh, kind of get a feel for that. Then we got to talk NFL Week 5. Uh, Going to have a, a Monday night football uh, little moment on here as well. Uh, some college football to talk about. And, uh, you know, as always, my passing thoughts. Uh, but before we get there, let's do a, do a quick ad, if you will. We got Liquid IV coming your way, ladies and gentlemen. You know, proper functional hydration is essential. And Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing from your daily routine. Uh, I, you know, I use it. I love it. It's perfect. It's easy. The, the little the little cell, the little single serve packs are great. Um, you can just you know rip one up. Twelve ounces of water, good to go. All sorts of flavors. You know, sea berry, strawberry, lemonade, Concord grape, lemon lime, pina colada, tropical punch, watermelon, strawberry, passion fruit, guava, I see berry. A little something for everybody. They got uh, you know they have a a, a sugar free option as well. But you know you know the deal. One stick, sixteen ounces of water hydrates you two times faster than uh, than water alone. Five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. Uh, three times the electrolytes, as in your leading sports drinks. And it's made with quality ingredients. It's non-GMO. It's free from gluten, soy, and dairy. So all those things are good to go. And hey, they have donated over 39 million servings in 50-plus countries around the world. So here's what you do. Real people, real flavor, real hydrating. You want that? You want it for 20% off? I got you. 20% off, liquidiv.com, or the link down in the show notes. Use promo code OWH. O for O, W for walls, H for house. Figure it out, people. 20% off, liquidiv, promo code OWH, liquidiv.com. All right, let's get to the show. DeAndre Swift. All right, sorry. I need, I need Swift <laughs> to get over... Uh... 40, 40 rushing yards, and I need the Eagles to win, and I'll hit a, I'll hit a parlay, a little parlay action here, huh? Oh, God. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Ethan E. Sexton is back. He needs DeAndre Swift and a uh, an Eagles win. So uh, Just to win e, now. Just the Eagles to pull it out. That's all we just need. Just the Eagles now. We'll now. The, the DeAndre Swift part has been taken care of. Yeah, we're good. We need Swift over 40, A.J. Brown over 40 receiving, and Eagles money line. So, you know, I was we'll going to say, the right. Eagles just went up, what, 23-14 here? Yeah, so it's looking good, but who knows? They shouldn't be able to fuck that up. Maybe if Cooper Cup wanted to catch some balls again, like after he started off like a fucking bat out of hell. Yeah. And then they just stopped throwing him the ball. 
which was cool. Anyways, so. we, we look, we're not here to talk about football. That's my bad. So Yeah, yeah, you got us off on the wrong foot. So, E, <laughs> we got your back. Talk about playoffs. Uh, a little delayed because uh, a lot of Ryder Cup stuff last weekend, but uh, we're here We're here pretty much in time for the divisional round to start. So, E, welcome back. Um, Thank let's you. just dive in, man. First of all, you're Phillies. I'm rocking the Phillies cap tonight. Uh, Red October. I'm, uh, I'm on the Phillies bandwagon coming in. Uh, big win for them last night. Uh, Trey Turner with the probably game-saving double play there. Uh, to And I don't know who their second baseman is. Uh, forgive me for that. But yeah, incredible play in the top of the eighth to pretty much save that game. Uh, let, let's just start there. It was stressful, buddy. It was stressful because Ranger Suarez drew the start. You know, they, they had to use Wheeler and Nola in the wild card round, got, get past the Marlins in a sweep. Uh, so they give the ball to Ranger Suarez, who I trust a lot, pitched really well in the playoffs, uh, both starting and in relief last year. Solid pitcher, you know, but not like an ace caliber, ace level guy. Well, he gives them three and two thirds, pretty good innings. They pulled the hook on him maybe a little early, but it worked out. But in doing that, you know, you had to go five and a third innings with your bullpen and everybody's got to be on, right, to for that to work out. And just so happened that it did. And like you said, man, that – that Stott double play in the eighth inning was uh, really the, the clutch play that gets them out of that inning with the Braves threatening, keeps them off the board, and uh, they can bring in Kimbrell in the ninth to, sh- to shut the door and take a 1-0 lead in the series. So it was stressful, but a really well-pitched game by the Phillies. A couple clutch at-bats. Uh, Bryson Stott, the second baseman that you couldn't name there, uh, had a nice RBI early in the game in a clutch situation. Harper with the bomb, man. He's built for the big moments, so uh, – a great start to the series for the Phils, that's for sure. Uh, Linda is a big fan of Bryce Harper. Uh, when Harper hit that home run, I got a text from Linda. A hell of a swing from Harper. Because of because uh, he's a stud player, or because he's you know also a handsome young man. That's what I want. That's what I'm wanting. Maybe both. It could be both, man. Could be both. <laughs> could be both. Uh, yeah. Anything you know? Since we missed the wild card. You know, anything that really surprised you? I mean, maybe the biggest news out of the wild card is that the Rays go down after their historic, kind of historic start to the season. I think it was the best start ever through a certain point of the year. Um, all sweeps, but uh, the Rays maybe might be the biggest kind of surprise that from, you know, from my perspective. The Rays getting swept, I think, was a surprise. Not so much that they lost necessarily. Texas is a good team. Texas was also... Uh, pretty great for the majority of the season and then kind of faded, uh, resulting in them losing out the the, the NL West uh, to the Astros at the end of the year. So Texas a worthy opponent, but Tampa Bay getting swept was pretty pretty surprising, although, you know, two these three-game series, you know, anything can happen. I think credit to Tampa Bay, we need to give them a lot of credit. They had to overcome so many injuries this year. It was ridiculous. Um, you know, Tyler Glasnow, one of their aces, he missed most of the season. He was back for the playoffs, but he missed most of the season. They lost Shane McClanahan, who was arguably, you know, one of, if not the best pitcher in the American League. And, you know, the Wander Franco situation. They The Rays had to go through a lot of injuries, a lot of hardships, and they had a great regular season, and the playoffs are the playoffs. It's, it's hard. I mean, you got three games, and, you know, you lose two of them, and you're done after a full season. Um, so kind of kudos to them in one sense that they did as well as they did with all the injuries and absences they have, star players, everything. Uh, they'll bounce back, I think, next year and still be a pretty solid team. So a 
little surprising that they got swept, but not necessarily surprising that they lost because Texas also a good team. Um, I actually think the the bigger upset was Arizona taking out Milwaukee uh, because Milwaukee, their biggest question was, are they going to hit enough? Kind of like similarly with Tampa Bay, the Twins, uh, Miami, um, a, lo- a lot of teams kind of that, that was the big question with them is do they have enough offense? Um, Arizona in a, in a short series against the Brewers, you know, you would have favored the Brewers because going in, you got Corbin Burns, he's going to pitch game one, and you thought you have Brandon Woodruff, who ended up having to miss the wildcard series with a shoulder injury. Um, but the Brewers had arguably three of the best, like the best one, two, three punch in their rotation, arguably, okay. if Woodruff had been healthy because they had Burns, Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta, three studs. So you figure in a three-game series, you got to beat two of those guys. Uh, and credit to to the Diamondbacks, they did, and then they came out and smoked Kershaw last night. So maybe their offense is getting hot at the right time after uh, kind of limping into the playoffs a little bit. So those those were the most surprising. I think you know the Twins taking out Toronto could have seen it going either way, but the Twins really good pitching and they found some offense. So not a big surprise there. And uh, I'm biased, but fully expected the Phillies with Wheeler and Nola to get by the Marlins, uh, even though the Marlins are kind of the banana peel team for the Phillies sometimes. (laughs) Good old-fashioned banana peel. Yeah, uh, Rangers, who, you know, we mentioned get by the the race there, uh, they get a win last night. And as we're talking now, they're up 10-5 heading into the seventh inning. So look poised to go up 2-0 on the – uh, the the number one seeded Orioles in the AL, so uh, good good start for them. And the uh, and this was another thing I wanted to get to. The Diamondbacks absolutely lay it on Clayton Kershaw, and you know it's 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 the same old thing. It seems like in playoff baseball, Clayton Kershaw getting rocked, and uh, you know there's I think there's two ways to look at it. Is he gets rocked a lot in the postseason, but he's in the postseason a lot, like the opportunities for him to like have to go through some tough games in the postseason are so much higher because they seem to always be there. Right. So, I mean, what, what's kind of your take on all that? Hard to say. I mean, I feel bad for the guy somewhat because, you know, you, and, and, you know, social media is kind of a cesspool anyway, but you get on, you know, Twitter or whatever last night and people are memeing on Kershaw oh, playoff Kershaw is back. I mean, this guy's, you know, the best pitcher of his generation um by far like there's not even really an argument about it incredible career he's going to be a hall of famer and he just i don't know what it is and you know it's you can't say it's like nerves because to your point he's been in so many playoff games it just his stuff it doesn't have the magic in the playoffs for the most part and it's it's kind of a bummer to see you know such a great pitcher um just come up short time and time again in the playoffs uh that said, you know, he's probably going to get another chance in this series, could come back, you know, right the ship and, and, and bounce back for the Dodgers. But, you know, that it, it is part of his, his career and his legacy is that, you know, he was this incredible regular season pitcher, best of his generation, like we said, and just struggled to get it done in the playoffs. And there's really no rhyme or reason to it. I mean, can, can the rhyme or reason basically just be that playoff baseball is like a whole different animal? Yeah, I mean, regular for, season for sure. baseball. I mean, it, they're not even. It's almost like a different sport, darn it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like a a tur- It's a tournament, right? <laughs> I mean, who gets hot at the right time? It's you know we see it in you know college basketball. You know, all of a sudden you got a twelve seed coming to the quarterfinals to the final four, whatever. 
Um, just, you know, it, it's similar here. You know, yes, they're playing series instead of just uh, one game. But still, the variance is is small because you're playing three-game, five-game, even, you know, seven-game series are more of a test. But three- and five-game series, you know, it's not a lot of games. And, you know, the variance, it, it's definitely uh, – it's there. It's, it's just small sample size. And, unfortunately, uh, you know, Kershaw just has struggled in the playoffs. And, you know, I – I think it's just kind of sad to see for one of the greats to get, you know, memed on every time he has a shitty postseason start. Yeah. I mean, even if you consider seven game series in comparison to like a baseball regular season, it's nothing. Like it's maybe two starts for your starting pitcher. Right. I mean, it's a week of games. Yeah. It's a, yeah, there you go. It's a week of games in, this, yeah. in a season that runs from April to October to the, to the, the very start of October. I mean, it's it's nothing, and yeah, you look at um, you look at Kershaw. They've been in the playoffs. He was young and didn't like didn't do a whole lot. No eight, no nine. But then 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 22, and twenty three. Yeah, like th- that's an incredible amount. He's thirteen and thirteen and has a four point four nine ERA. Like not great, but like right. not as bad as like oh he's awful. Like like you said. The memes come out postseason. Kershaw's here, like four point four nine is like not an, not a good ERA, it's, but it's like perfectly mid, right? Yeah. Like, and then in a couple of the like, if you look <laughs> at some of these series, like in the World Series in twenty twenty, two point three one ERA. Yep. Um, that was the one year they won the World Series. You know, twenty seventeen he put he pitched one game in the uh, in the NLD NLCS two point four five. Like, if you look through his like, ba- I'm just looking at his baseball reference. Like, you can find some good outings. Now, there are some stinkers in here. Like, yep. there's no doubt about it. But, like, there's some decent stuff in there, too. So, it's it's a really interesting case that I just don't know if there's, like, any real logical explanation to it. But it's one of the most interesting cases in, in maybe modern-day sports is that he's not a killer in the postseason when he is kind of all year long. Yeah, it's just kind of a bummer, honestly. I mean, like you said, all those years they've been in the postseason, he's been the ace of the Dodger staff, too, right? So, you know, this guy's he's great, one of the best to ever do it, definitely the best of his generation. And he just has these blow-ups in the playoffs, and that's what people remember, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, so I mentioned a little bit Rangers-Orioles series. I mean, it, it kind of a little bit of a spoiler. Like I said, we're in the top of the seventh, and the Rangers look poised to go up 2-0. Um, I mean, <clears throat> do you have hope for the, the Orioles to kind of bring that one back, or do you think the Rangers are getting hot at the right time and – you know, like yeah. I said, they got through a sweep of the Rays and now look to go up 2-0 here to start their uh, their NLDS. Yeah, the Orioles certainly could come back. You know, there's hope for them to do so. They've, they've got a good young team, but I think the Orioles are kind of playing with house money a little bit too because, you know, we've talked throughout the season a little bit about the Orioles is they have this incredible young core of hitting players and they're going to be there for years. Uh, the <laughs> question with them is, do they have enough pitching? And right now in the playoffs, they do not. Now, um, this guy, Kyle Bradish can kind of came out of nowhere, was great for them all season in the regular season, ended up being the, <clears throat> the number one in their staff, uh, that he, he got beat by Texas yesterday. Uh, they have this stud pitching prospect, Grayson Rodriguez, who found his form in the second half, pitched really great in the regular season, got lit up today by Texas. Uh, the one thing about Texas though, is this is a pretty elite offense, um, and has been all season, even though they kind of fumbled at the end of the season. 
losing out on winning the division. Uh, you know, they're third in the league in runs behind the Braves and Dodgers. So their offense has been great all year long. And I'm just not sure that Baltimore has enough pitching to really make a deep run in the playoffs <clears throat> this year. But I would watch out for Baltimore because Grayson Rodriguez is going to get better if Bradish can have a second season next year like this year. And if they can finally spend some money and bring in a pitcher or two uh, to get them where they really want to be. I mean, they have all these elite young rookies uh, playing for them now. Uh, Gunnar Henderson might win American League Rookie of the Year. Adley Rutschman in his second year is an absolute stud. Uh, they also have the top farm system in baseball still with the number one prospect in Matt Holliday's son, Jackson who got drafted last year and already made it all the way to AAA this year. So they have the number one prospect in baseball, probably breaks camp with them next year. Uh, they got a lot of good hitting prospects. Um, can they trade some of their minor leaguers to get a stud pitcher? Because they're going to need a little more pitching, I think, if they want to make a run to the World Series and get where they want to be. So there's still hope for Baltimore in this series. They're a good team. But Texas is is legit with that offense especially. And we kind of got to talk about them with their injuries too because, you know, they lost – DeGrom, after signing him in free agency, uh, he's out with Tommy John surgery, probably misses uh, most, if not all, of next year. And they don't have Max Scherzer, who they traded for midseason uh, in this series either. And it remains to be seen if they get through Baltimore, if he's going to be able to make it back for the championship series or not. But, you know, they're dealing with some injuries as well, so a little thin on the pitching side for them as well. Kind of a weak bullpen, but the offense is one of the best uh, remaining for sure. Is Baltimore a team that's going to spend money? I mean, I, I, my, I, I feel like from my viewpoint, I'm like, I think they're a team that doesn't. But, I mean, I'm deferring to you here a little bit to kind of fill me in. They're cheaper. They are cheaper in general. But they have money right now, and they're in a window to win because they're not paying any of these young players yet. So now's the time, and I think they will do it. You know, back a few years ago when they had, like, that Adam Jones era – of okay. Baltimore Orioles teams that made the playoffs. You know, Zach Britton was their closer. He didn't make it into that one game uh, one year in the playoffs, and they lost. But they had some good teams. They, they spent a little bit of money then. They're not going to be like, you know, a, a Yankees or a Dodgers or uh, the, the Mets, you know, one of those teams. But I want to be optimistic that they're going to spend some money this offseason, bring in another pitcher, you know, fill some holes. Because they've got a really good team, and the window is now because you don't have to pay these young players what they're going to be making in a couple of years. So now is the time to add a big player or two and really make a push to go all in uh, with this core group of young studs they have. Yeah. I mean, it's a fairly big market, like the DC, Washington, DC, Baltimore market. I mean, I know it's kind of split with, with the, the nationals, but I mean, like there's plenty of money to go around. It feels like in that area, it's not a, it's not Oakland or a Cleveland kind of situation. Like that there feels like there should be some money there. So for sure. Um, they don't need to be uh they don't need to be like scraping the barrel for, for money. Um, they're like middle of the pack though. They just don't spend like some of the bigger yep. market teams. Uh, twins Astros. What do, we, what do we know there? I mean, are the Astros still cheating? Is, can that be confirmed that they're not any garbage cans in the stadiums? Haven't heard any, but you know, you never know with the Astros definitely could be banging on something back there, you know, stealing signs. Could be a, <laughs> a buzzer somewhere under the Jersey. Altuve hit one yesterday, right? Jordan Alvarez, but I, I hate to say it, but the Astros are just the cream of the crop in the AL because they've been there, done that, you know. And it sucks to say because, you know, we don't like them. They cheated, right? But they have a great team. They showed it by sticking together, coming back, winning the division, getting a bye in the first round. And they're just good, man. They're just a good team. And they've been there. They've got all this experience. 
And it's it's tough to overcome that in the playoffs sometimes because they're not going to get rattled in any situation. If they're behind, if they're on the road, they don't care. They've done it. They've won everywhere. They've got the titles to prove it. And, you know, they, they lost Justin Verlander coming into this season. They didn't want to pay him what the Mets paid him. And then when the Mets uh, capitulated and threw in the towel on their season, uh, the Astros said, all right, you pay a salary. We'll give you a couple better prospects, but we'll get this guy back and put him at as our number one starter in the playoffs and be right back where we were last year. So it stinks to say, but the Astros are, are legit. They're one of the best teams still. They've got the most experience of any team in the playoffs. And they got an ace in Verlander. They got Framber Valdez going tonight. They're just going to be a really hard team to knock out of the playoffs. So I really like the Twins. I think the Twins pitching staff is is great. You know, Pablo Lopez, uh, Joe Ryan's been really good for them. Sonny Gray was good in game two of the wild card round. But they had to start Bailey Obrey yesterday, who's been a solid pitcher this year and is a solid pitcher, but he has a home run problem. And it reared its ugly head yesterday. It gave up a couple bombs. And it's just going to be tough to get by the Astros. So Pablo Lopez is starting tonight for the Twins. Uh, they really need this game if they're going to if they're going to make a run at it. You know they got their best pitcher on the mound, uh, but unfortunately Houston's got Framber Valdez going, and and you know by the time people hear this they'll know what happened. But yep. just Houston has the experience. They're they're a great team, even if we don't like them. You know from the trash can scandal, we can't really say that they're not a great team. And with all that experience, it's just going to be hard to knock them out of the playoffs again. Uh, Framber's the lefty, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. I want to make sure I was thinking of the right guy. I, I, I had a pretty good idea, but I I, uh, I mix these guys up from time to time. Yeah, uh, you're good. We, we talked a lot about Kershaw, but we didn't really talk much about the rest of that series. Diamondbacks, oh, yeah. Dodgers. Uh, you know, just give me thoughts on that. Obviously, uh, Diamondbacks, big win um, last night. Uh, they play tomorrow night as well. Um, so they're the late game on Monday night again. Everyone will know what will happen yep. by the time this comes out. But uh, just what are you thinking? Yeah, so the Diamondbacks are in a great spot by winning game one, and they're in a great spot, too, because they have two legit starting pitchers uh, in Merrill Kelly, who pitched great yesterday, and Zach Gallen, who kind of struggled at the end of the season but was putting up a Cy Young caliber campaign for most of the year until kind of scuffling. Um, they have two legit starters, and with the off day, Gallen pitched game two of the wildcard series because they – the Diamondbacks didn't clinch a playoff spot till the last weekend, so he had to pitch that weekend. So he pitched on Wednesday, but with there being an off day today on Sunday, he gets that extra day of rest. He's going to be able to go in Game Two, so they're set up pretty nice. If you know if they can win Game Two, go back to Arizona two and zero. Oh, you got a, st- a shot to steal that series, uh, you know, and, and really shock the Diamondbacks here. Uh, the question with Arizona was were they going to hit enough, and so far they have hit enough. Uh, but, you know, it's 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 not going to be easy. We talked about the Astros experience. The the Dodgers hitters have a ton of experience. You know, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, J.D. Martinez, all those guys, they have a ton of experience on the hitting side. Uh, their weakness, if you want to call it that this year, is their lack of veteran presence in the rotation behind yeah. Kershaw. Uh, they traded for Lance Lynn midseason, who's been a, a, a very good pitcher his career and a veteran. But after him, you know, they have a bunch of rookies, Ryan Pepio, Bobby Miller, guys who have pitched really well but don't have as much experience. Um, and, you know, the thing with the Dodgers is everybody was saying, all right, they're not going to go crazy in free agency this year. They're going to save their money, kind of let some of these younger guys play, and then they're going to go after Otani ahead of 2024, which they might do. Uh, but that's, you know, on the pitching side, they, they've got a bunch of rookies they're going to have to throw and guys who have pitched well in the regular season, but they're going to need to prove it in the playoffs. So 
That's we'll see how they end up doing. Arizona set themselves up great by winning game one because there's another off day. So Merrill Kelly will be able to pitch again and you might see Gallon in game five potentially as well. So they're in a good spot to, to pull an upset here. Not going to be easy against that Dodgers team. Where do you rate experience for playoff baseball? Um, you know, is it, it seems like experience pitching is a huge deal. Like I think those so are for some sure. of the biggest things. Is experience with your your in your lineup, you know, your hitters, is that as important? I mean, and if you don't think that the pitching's as important as I got, I mean I view experience pitching in the playoffs as maybe, you know, outside of the talent itself and kind of your your leadership, that being like the biggest thing there is. Yeah, I think it's huge. I mean, I think experience is huge in anything in life, right? I mean, you got you got guys on the Astros who have won two World Series, who have played fifty playoff games, like they were talking about Carlos Correa. I know he's on the Twins now, but he's played in like 50 or 60 playoff games. I mean, that's a lot of playoff games. I mean, you know, the more experience you have in those situations, your heart rate's not going to go up. You're not going to be rattled if you give up a single. You're not going to be nervous if you get down in the count. You're not going to be upset if you're getting booed on the road and, you know, screamed at, cursed at by fans, whatever. Like, so I think experience is huge, you know, but how do you get experience? You got to do it. So, you know, I think these guys, they're all professional athletes, so they all should be able to kind of handle the situation. But until you've actually been in it a few times, you know, I think that experience definitely does. It, it doesn't hurt you, that's for sure. Yeah. So not saying it's the be-all, end-all, but, you know, you look at a team like the like the Diamond – or, excuse me, like the Astros, and it's like they've won two World Series. These guys have done this before. They're not going to get flustered in any situation. So I think that and leadership really does help you a ton in the playoffs. And it feels like just the way baseball playoffs are set up, you get the the three game wild card series now, which I mean, those are it's like the first game really really matters in those. Right. And then you have the five game divisional series, and again, it feels like the first game really matters, maybe not quite as much. But coming back from two zero feels like impossible. It feels like the only teams that can do that are the teams that play Cleveland when they get to the uh, <laughs> when they get to the playoffs and go up two zero and then just fucking drop series. Um, so what do you think about the way the, the baseball playoffs are set up? We're, we're going to circle back to your Phillies here in a second, but, um, do you like the way it's set up with the kind of the expanding games as we go, or would you like to see it go to kind of a longer, a longer series kind of right away? So I like the way it's set up. I wouldn't care if they like added more games to the wildcard series, but the problem, if you do that is then the teams that get the buys have to sit out for even longer. And if you look at the bracket right now, the only team that got a buy so far that's won a game is Houston. Atlanta lost. They had a buy. Baltimore lost one on the verge of losing two. They had a buy. And the Dodgers lost game one. They had a buy. It's, like, so contrary to, like, what you're used to in baseball to, like, sit right? out. Like, it's not like basketball or football where, like, there's off weeks and – you come in after the off week or you've been out for a few days and you kind of feel energized. Like it's so foreign to how baseball is where it's every day. Occasionally you get one day off and then, you know, you're back at, back at it the day after. Like it's so foreign for a team to sit like for four or five days. That, I mean, it almost feels like it throws them out of their rhythm. Exactly. I mean, the Braves, you know, like the Braves hadn't played in six days, you know, or none of of the teams that got a buy in the first round played in almost a week. And it's, it's unnatural to what you've been doing all season. So I do like the expanded playoffs in the wild card round. So maybe a compromise is keep three games in the wild card round winner, winner of two advances 
and then start seven-game series right in the division round because a seven-game series tests a team's overall depth way more than Mm -hmm. certainly a three and even a five-game series does. (laughs) So if you want to change it to that, I think that'd be great. But I can't really see doing five games in the wild-card round because then you're going to have teams on by sitting out for over a week, and that's just too long to be sitting out in my opinion. So maybe that's a compromise is jump right into seven games starting in the division series because that's going to show off a team's depth more than a five-game series would. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem, I guess, there is right now, if the if the World Series ends in four games, it finishes on October 31st. Right. So if it goes anything over the minimum, you're into November. And, you know, it's it's cold in a lot of the country in November and, like, For sure. terrible weather. And, you know, the October Classic and all that. So, you know, you... That would almost guarantee that the World Series almost doesn't even start till November. So I don't know that anybody would love that. Um, I know they've kind of inched the the start of the the regular season up a little bit the last couple of years, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm fine with how it is now, honestly. But I can hear the arguments, you know, like, hey, we our team had to sit out for a week. We weren't playing games. And then, you know, you have two good starting pitchers and they got to pitch twice in this series, and that's why we lost. I I understand that too, but it is what it is. It's been like this for a long time. The division series has been five games forever, right? Yeah, ever since it came in, it's been five games, right? I think so, yeah. So, I mean, what are you going to do? It's been like this for a long time. There's not really too much you can complain about, I guess. But I I do kind of see it, you know, seven-game series tests your depth more which in theory teams that did better in the regular season had more depth. So yeah, you can kind of hide, you can kind of hide like almost completely hide a a pitcher in your rotation in a five game series. If you get a, if you get a a day off in between one, you know, one like they have it now, there's a day off between game one and game two. Is there a game off between game two and game three for these games? Yeah. Cause they have to travel. So you can hide two pitchers pretty much essentially. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing. Like, if we talk about Phillies Braves, like the Braves got to start Strider last night, freed tomorrow night. And then because of the off days, those guys are going to get to pit each pitch again, most likely in this series where the Phillies, you know, having to go through the wild card round, they couldn't start Wheeler or Nola last night, but they're going to get those guys right away in game two and game three because of the off day. So it sort of works out both ways for them. Um, you know, the Braves probably only going to have to use three pitchers. The Phillies if it goes five games, the Phillies would probably have to use four starters in the series, I would assume. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, while we're talking about it, what uh, what do you like for for your Phils? Red October, uh, you know, they're guaranteed themselves two games um, at Citizens Bank Park, which has been um, Electric, historically baby. an incredible place for the Phillies to play playoff baseball. I think it's what they're like twenty six and fourteen or something there in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, how how you feeling, man? How you feeling? Great after last night. I mean, they set themselves up perfectly by beating uh, <laughs> Spencer Strider and shutting out this this Braves uh, offense that's been the best offense in baseball this season with their number three starting pitcher, right, and their bullpen. Uh, so they're set up great. I mean, they got their ace Zach Wheeler going tomorrow night. People will know what happens when once they hear this, but you know Max Fried on the other side for the Braves. So it's a it's a great pitching matchup tomorrow night. And, you know, even if the Phils can't come out of there with two wins in Atlanta, like you said, you got two chances to win the series at home after winning last night. And, you know, Citizens Bank Park is arguably the toughest place to play. I mean, I don't know if it's just biased for me being a Phillies fan, but every time you watch a playoff game there, uh, the atmosphere is great. 
the atmosphere is great in all these stadiums, but I got to say, like, Citizens Bank, is, it always feels louder. It always feels a little rowdier. So, you know, they, they set themselves up perfectly with the win last night. It's not going to be an easy series. The Braves are a great team, but sometimes in the playoffs, great teams don't make it all the way through. So the Phillies are in a great spot to, to win this series after taking one last night. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic, and I was coming into the playoffs because, like the Astros, the Phillies been there, done that. They've got a veteran-laden team, bunch of studs, guys who hit great pitching, and they've got Zach Wheeler, who's an absolute ace, and Aaron Nola had a really rocky season but got it together over the last month, pitched great in the wild card round, and I'm hoping he can keep that going through the playoffs. Uh, then you got two guys at the top that are great and, you know, a couple guys behind him that have pitched in the playoffs before and aren't going to be nervous even if they don't always get the, the, the greatest results. So I'm optimistic. I feel great after last night's win and uh, not going to be easy. Braves are a great team, well-run team, tons of studs on that team. So it's going to be a, a great series, definitely the best one in my opinion of these division round matchups. And uh, it's going to be a fun one to keep watching. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of all in the Phillies train. Like uh, yeah. last year, kind of following them to the, uh, the world series kind of because of you and um, you know, my uh, the Gordons. Another, what's that? The Gordon brothers. Yep. I was going <laughs> to say that some other friends of the pod, the Gordon brothers. Uh, speaking of which I got a shout out uh, T man's tweet uh, last night. He tweeted quick check on Braves fans and PA. At least you have an off day and get to watch the Cowboys tomorrow. Um, I feel like that's the it, it, uh, quite the shot at some other friends of the program. Oh, I know yeah. uh, Coach Slano is both the Braves and Cowboys fan. Go and, figure. Uh, our good friend MJ is both a Braves and Cowboys fan. Yep. Uh, an- another friend of ours, uh, Nate, Bennett, Nate Bennett, also yeah. a Braves and Cowboys <laughs> fan. So yep. lots of shots at those guys. <laughs> and you are right, man. Just watching the playoffs, like I watch them pretty casually. Uh, but like, definitely start tuning in around the, the really tuning in around the championship series. I've I, I see myself watching most of the Braves games, but there is something different about that stadium. Like all the atmospheres are great, but there's something about like northeastern United States like sports fans. Like they're assholes and <laughs> dickheads and get way too into it. But like, it makes for better atmospheres. I think the only other place that kind of like compares to like Northeastern sports fans is like maybe SEC football fans are kind of in the similar light, but there's something like when you live in an area with with a bunch of dickheads that uh, the the sports teams are better. Like you come out to the Midwest and everybody's like kind of too nice to like have like the the atmosphere be like that. So it is, it is something. And yeah, I mean, just watching those Philly games on TV, it looks like that place is absolutely crazy. Have you ever, have you been to a playoff game down there? Yeah, I was lucky enough to go to one of the NLCS games last year against the Padres, and it was it was electric, dude. I was like, I had an awful cold. My son gave me an awful cold, dude. Like, could barely breathe. Was like dying, but like, <laughs> it was just so electrifying. Like, you know, it was like the Rock coming out on SmackDown or something. You know, like, <laughs> it just the every the buzz in the stadium, dude. It's packed. Everybody's waving rally towels, going nuts on home runs and hits, and it's just it, it, it's awesome, man. And it comes through on the television really well. So yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a tough place to play, and you know, with them stealing a game on the road, it's it's. I'm pretty optimistic about how things will go. Not saying they're going to win because the Braves are awesome. It's going to be a hard series no matter what. But getting one on the road, oh, just it, fucking it's say cool. it. Fuck the Braves. Let's the Phillies are going to win. Come on, let's say nah, it. Man, Nobody I got, likes I got the Braves. Nothing, nothing but respect for the Braves, man. Great run franchise. You know, we got a lot of Braves fans, friends, like you just alluded to. And I don't really hate the Braves. Now the Mets, the Mets, you know. 
can go to hell. Like, I don't care about the Mets <laughs> at all. Like, they suck. But, you know, I got respect for the Braves, man. They're, they're a great franchise, well-run, top to bottom. Uh, you know, it's it, it's hard to really be a hater too much of them because they're just an awesome team. So, But I am optimistic. I think I thought the Phillies could take them down, not saying that they would have, but definitely they can because they've done it before, and uh, hopefully they can do it again. Okay, let's uh, let, let's wrap it up with this. Hit me with some predictions. What do you got for uh, for a World Series? You got you got a little bit of a head start here. We've seen a few games. You you got the Rangers pretty much going up ten eight or 2-0 after they're up ten five in the in the middle of the eighth. So, uh, what do you got for me? Give me a give me a World Series matchup. Oh man, it won't happen because it was the same as last year. But you know, it's hard to it's hard to look past the Astros really in the AL because they've got the experience. Uh, I think Texas, if Texas gets Scherzer back, if they get through the Orioles and they get Scherzer back and he can actually pitch, like he's not going to come out and throw like two innings and be like, mm-hmm. I'm hurt, then that would be a big boost for Houston, for Texas's chances if they get to the ALCS because they really right now have two starting pitchers and in a seven-game series you need more than that. Uh, but their offense is, is arguably the best well, the Braves is probably the best. The Phillies are up there, but Texas is maybe the best in the AL with the along with the Astros. So that would give them a huge boost. But it's hard to argue with the Astros. And you know, I regret not saying the Phillies were going to get there last year. So let's say the Phillies get there, man. Phillies yeah, Astros World Series not going to happen because it'd be a repeat of last year. But uh, let, let's get it, man. I, I I can see it. I think I, I do think whoever wins this Phillies Braves series makes it to the World Series on the National okay. League side. Um, if the Dodgers come back, I think. They have as good a shot as those two teams as well, um, but I do I do like the winner of this Phillies Brave series to get to the World Series. So whoever wins that one, taking on probably unfortunately the Astros in the World Series. All right, then we got we got hope that we can revenge from last year, take out those uh, those cheating Astros. That's uh, right. Anything else? Anything we missed here uh, before I uh, before I let you go? No, I appreciate you having me on, buddy. I uh, just want to let you know my Eagles uh, three-leg parlay hit, so I'm happy about say, I that. See the, I see the score over there. That, that was the final. I'm looking for a uh, a Chiefs to cover here to salvage a, a shitty weekend for myself. Yeah, I and don't. And then uh, I'm going to lay it all on the, the fucking Niners tonight. So There you go, buddy. I, yeah, I don't do much football, so when I sprinkle one in there, I, I enjoy Ooh, that they hit. Sprinkle. You know, they, they got these damn 50% boosts on three-leg parlays <laughs> on FanDuel, and it's like it's fun to make like a plus 400 one that becomes like a plus 600 one. But I try to make like a plus 100 one that becomes like a plus 181 and just, you know, get a little du- over your double uh, but with a decent chance to hit but anyway, we're not here to talk about. I'm not here to talk about football. You're going to do that yourself. I know. We'll get, we'll get to that so, probably the next segment right after we call this go. all off. It's going I just want to say thanks football. for having me on, buddy. Um, you know, we'll probably talk again next year about ball, I guess. And in the meantime, I'll I'll chat it up with you online. Trade me Keenan Allen in places league. I've got too many running backs. Let's get it. Hang done. on, hang on. I'm looking for a fucking win this week. I'm I may be starting the comeback trail. But uh, if not, Keenan Allen and Cooper Cup are on the trade block looking for keepers. So Here we go. I got another running back on my bench that scored like 20 points today. So we're off on a tangent on football. We'll talk offline. <laughs> Maybe we can come to come to a trade agreement, my friend. Awesome. You appreciate it. And hey, don't uh, don't rule yourself out. There may be uh, another stretch for you to come back for the World Series. So, All right. Cool, man. Uh, as Sounds always, good. We appreciate it. We'll talk again soon. And NFL Week 5 now, ladies and gentlemen. Let's. Uh, what do you say we start at the end? Start at the end. Well, not the very end. The very end is tonight here. In just a short, short time, we will be getting to the the Packers and the Raiders. 
but the last game played so far was the Sunday night game where the San Francisco 49ers just absolutely dismantled the Dallas Cowboys. Dismantled. Um, great start for the Niners. March it right down the field. George Kittle gets a touchdown. Gets a little sloppy for a while, but then uh, 21-7 at halftime. That's about when I bowed out. Um, uh, Christian McCaffrey scored right before half. Uh, he fumbled one on the, pretty much the goal line before, you know, fell on a guy, and the guy just ripped it out of him. Uh, he, great night from George Kittle. Three catches, uh, three touchdowns, uh, 67 yards. Uh, so not too bad. And, I mean, you just go down the stats. First downs, San Francisco 25, Dallas 8. Rushing yards, 170 to 57. Passing yards, 251 to 140. That's a total yards of 421 to 197. Four sacks for the Niners, three interceptions, the same penalties, same fumbles. Uh, time of possession, 37 minutes, 37 minutes. Just a domination, just an absolute domination. Uh, Purdy pumpkin watch, uh, we're still waiting. Uh, Purdy now moves to, uh, what I believe, an undefeated 10-0 and in games he's started and finished. In the regular season, I think there's a couple more in the playoffs, too. I think he's like 12-0. and in games he started and finished. Just absolutely incredible. So pretty pumpkin watch. Not the not this week. Uh, 17 to 24 for 252 and four touchdowns. He was playing. He was playing. He was playing very well. Uh 49ers look like an absolute, absolute wagon. Um, you know, you you start to wonder. I mean, you know, overreaction, overreaction the day after a game, but you start to wonder who stands in their way. They got the Browns, the Vikings, play the Bengals. Bengals look better than the Jags, than the Bucks. There's a great showdown December 3rd, them and the Eagles. Uh, you know, the Ravens maybe, and then they play the Rams again. I mean, it, it looks like they could rip off a lot of wins. I mean, I know undefeated probably isn't going to happen, but they're going to rip off a lot of wins. I mean, Vikings, Browns, those are wins. Bucks, probably a win. Seahawks, twice, probably a win. Cards again. That's a win. Commanders, probably a win. So these guys could could really run the table. I think they're by far the class of the NFL. I think they're the best team. Um, you know, maybe the Eagles have something different to say about that, and we'll see. We'll see in, you know, a couple months' time. But right now, uh, power rankings, the old Walls power rankings that don't exist, the, uh, the 49ers are at the top of the list. Um, speaking of those Eagles, they get a good win. They get a good win over a Rams team. Now I know the Rams are two and three. They lost to um, they lost to the 49ers earlier in the year, hung right with them. <laughs> Excuse me. And they just got Cooper Cup back, and they were feeding Cooper Cup. And the Eagles ended up coming out on top. Uh, it, it was close. It was fourteen to seven at half, and you know the Eagles were the only people to score in the second half. No, t- uh, just no touchdowns, just field goals in the fourth quarter. Um, so, you know, the Rams offense that was really, really feeding Cooper Cup early did kind of back off that. Cooper Cup did finish with, he had a nice day. Uh, eight catches for 118 yards. Puka, seven catches for 71 yards. So, uh, we, we know where those balls are going. Uh, Higby had two, Atwell had two, uh, Williams had two catches. So, we know where the uh, majority of the balls are going in L.A. now. Uh, but, yeah, they, they, they didn't... 
they kind of went started going puka a little later in the game. But yeah, that's a good win for the Eagles. I think I I really do think the 49 or sorry, the Rams are a good team. Um I they're two and three now. You know, a little bit of a weird loss to the Bengals. And then like I said, the loss to the Rams. But you know, their losses are the Bengals, the 49ers, and the Eagles. Like those are I mean, if there's I don't want to say good losses, but they're good teams. They are very good teams. Uh, they've got the Cards here coming up next week, then the Steelers, and then they have to head to the Cowboys. So, I mean, they got a tough run of it. They do go to Lambeau. I don't know what that means anymore. Um, but then if you look at the back end of their schedule, there's there's some wins out there for them. So, before they end their season in, uh, in 49ers. I, I think they're a good team. I think they make the playoffs. I'm, I'm going out on that limb. Uh Couple teams probably not making the playoffs. The the Jets and the Broncos uh, matched up, and uh, that was a real, little bit of a revenge game for the Jets. Uh, Sean Payton had been talking some shit about Nathaniel uh, Hackett, who'd been the coach there uh, before him, and the Jets get the win. Uh, Salah gives the game ball to Hackett in the locker room afterwards. Really, uh, kind of jumps on that one. Uh, lets everybody know what uh, what all their thoughts were. Brees Hall runs for 177 yards, and the Jets pick up a very good win for them because uh, any win for the Jets is good, but uh, they pick up a win that uh, kind of means something to them as they beat the Broncos uh, 31-21. Um, Texans and Falcons. I mean, again, a- another t- a game of teams that aren't really great. Uh, fun game, though, comes down to, uh, you know, comes down to the wire. Falcons win late, 21-19. I believe that makes the Falcons, I believe they're 3-2 and two now, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double-check this. Uh, they sure are. They are 3-2. and two. The Bucs are 3-1 to lead to lead the division, but else, otherwise the, uh, the Falcons are right there. Um, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about the Texans. Kind of surprising. Uh, and how good C.J. Stroud has played. C.J. Stroud has thrown 177 uh, passes without throwing a touchdown. NFL record for the the most, the most ever, the most ever. Um, yeah, so, you know, he's showing progress. Bryce Young had a better week, you know, the two quarterbacks, uh, the top two quarterbacks in the, the draft. So <laughs> good signs for them, good signs for them. Uh, Bengals, the Bengals showed a little life, a little science of life. They beat a Cardinals team, uh, you know, the one and four Cardinals, but the Cardinals have kind of hung around with people. And again, the Cardinals hung around in the first half. But I think the biggest news is Joe Burrow looked like Joe Burrow. I mean, you look at his stat line, finally, 36 of 46, 317, three touchdowns, uh, just did have an interception, but found Jamar Chase. I mean, Jamar Chase had a day. 15 receptions, 192 yards, three touchdowns. For those of you counting at home, that's about 50 fantasy points, uh, give or take, depending on uh, what kind of what kind of league you're in. 52 uh, and full PPR, give or take, right? Um, but yeah, I think that uh, I think that was a good sign for the Bengals for them to uh, you know show some signs of life because. It's it's been dicey. They, they just haven't looked right. I mean, they got their asses kicked last week by the Titans, and they've got a you know an interesting little stretch coming up. They got the Seahawks, who aren't bad. They got to go to the 49ers, and then they host the Bills for their next three games. Um, 
They have an off week right before the 49ers. That's helpful. That's helpful. But like that's danger zone. Like those are three games they could lose very easily. Uh, Not the easiest road ahead for the Bengals. They've got some, they've got some tough teams left to play. Um, You know, the Ravens are out there and, and let's talk about the Ravens because they absolutely just absolutely choked one one away yesterday. Uh, they get up 10 nothing early over the Steelers. The Steelers' offense is just putrid. And, you know, if not for, you know, a couple inches, this one might have gone more the Steelers' way. They had a pump blocked for a safety that was very close to being a pump block for a touchdown. Uh, the The Ravens' wide receivers were had some big, bad drops. And... Just terrible, terrible mistakes. And and Lamar's performance left a lot to be desired. I've kind of come around on Lamar. I wasn't a believer in him at first, but I thought, I I think pretty highly of him. But I'm questioning again a little bit. Like, if that's going to be like the kind of performance, hey, this is one game. But if this is the kind of performance you get, and the Steelers are a tough D, like when when the lights are shining, you're going 22 or 38 with an interception. I'm going to have trouble, you know, jumping on your bandwagon come playoff time. Uh, he threw a pretty bad interception when they were driving down uh, late. And I don't know. I just, I didn't love, I didn't love what I saw. Uh, speaking of not loving what I saw, uh, Kenny Pickett, he stinks, man. I know he got the touchdown late to Pickens, but he went 18 of 32 for 224 yards. 41 of those came on that Pickens throw uh, for the late touchdown. That was not a good performance, and I'm just not a believer in Kenny Pickett. I think the Steelers need to reassess what they're doing at quarterback. Um, a team not reassessing what they're doing very much at all. The uh, the Dolphins, they bounce back and handle business. Um, Ockchain and uh, Tyreek Hill set the uh, set the records for fastest ball carrier. Uh, a chain does it first, and then Tyreek Hill does it second. And you know you see those you see Tyreek Hill in particular. When he starts running, you're like, oh, I forget how fast he is. Every week. Every week. Like, I go into the week and be like, oh, this guy's fast. And then you see him running, you're like, holy shit, he's really fast. Like, really fucking fast. That's insane. Uh, the Pat, the Patriots, man, they stink. They're bad. They're bad. We got talked into betting the Patriots this week. Sorry, waiter. Uh, I got to put you on blast here. They're terrible. They're terrible. Awful. Awful. Uh, I don't know what the deal is. 34-0, just straight ass-kicking. Mac Jones is terrible. He gets benched again. I I don't know, man. Oofta, oofta. It's it's pretty bad. Just an absolute, just get absolutely fucking boat raced by the Saints. It's it's not good. It's not good at all. It's not good in New England. Uh, there's there's going to be questions uh, floating around if, if, if Bill Belichick still has. I don't. I don't know if he's on the hot seat. I don't know if the hot seat's a thing that's uh, that's possible for him. But I'd have to imagine it's getting discussed. I, I just have to imagine. Uh, the Chiefs get another win. Uh, they hold on and beat the Vikings in Minnesota. Tough place to play. Uh, the Vikings haven't been great this year. But, hey, uh, a win is a win. And, you know, it's it feels like they haven't had their best all year. Travis Kelsey has felt slightly disappointing. Mr. Pfizer, you know, uh, he does, does get 10 receptions for uh, 67 yards and a touchdown, but he just hasn't felt like himself. I know he was injured early, uh, kind of rolls up an ankle here, uh, but, you know, 
kind of performs, puts it up, putting up like stats, like fantasy stats, like 10 receptions and a touchdown. Um, but 67 yards, I mean, you, you're expecting kind of more. That said, the Chiefs are running the ball better this year than they have uh, in the last couple of years. So, you know, there, there, there is something to that. Uh, I don't know what else did I miss anything. The Lions absolutely smacked down the Panthers. Uh, did I miss something else here? Oh, the Bears. The Bears just put it on the Commanders on Thursday. Um, and, oh, I don't know how I missed this one. The Colts beat the Titans, so I think it's the only other game I haven't mentioned. Uh, and the Jags, the Jags uh, staying in London for the week. It pays off. They beat the uh, they beat the Bills. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are going to need to circle the wagons as uh, no one else can, but they are 3-2. and two. Uh, But that's a tough loss for the Bills to the Jaguars. More uh, Stephon Diggs throwing a hissy fit on the sideline. Seems to be a theme. Um, and, you know, this was a – this was a game where the, the Jags got out early and kind of just hung around. The, the the Bills got close again at the end of the second quarter, and then it was just a slop fest, and then they kind of traded some touchdowns in the in the tail end of the game. So uh, big win for the Jags who go to 3-2. and two. Uh, You know, you look at the standings in the NFL. I mean, the Eagles, the class of the NFC East, Cowboys uh, second. I don't think that team's getting four playoff teams this year. Uh, the, the lowly Giants at 1-4. And then, you know, you look out to the NFC West. I, I said the Rams are a good team. The Seahawks are three and one. Let's, they're kind of sneaking around under the radar. Um, it's a, you know, you go to the NFC North. This is a big game tonight for the Packers. Like it's put up or shut up time for them. You know, you fall to two and three, uh, a full two games back in, in the NFC North as the Lions are out to four and one. Uh, there's no other, you know, it's, it's Packers and, and Lions. And if it's the Packers lose tonight, it's a big step back for them. Uh, the NFC South, the, it, it's wide open. Bucks three and one, then the Falcons and Saints three and two. Like, whoo, that's a that's a wide open division. I think as you know, MJ and I kind of talked about that we thought it would be. You bump over the AFC East. Uh, the Bills are trying to chase down the Dolphins. They do have that win over them, which is helpful. Uh, the Chiefs doesn't look like the strongest division out there in the AFC West. Uh, the Chargers are two and two. Uh, you know, then you got the Raiders and the Broncos. Ooh, the Broncos are bad. Uh, AFC North, wide open. Even the Bengals at two and three in last place. Like I said, this would have been a big win for the Ravens. They could have gone to four and one in the division. Nobody else would have had more than two wins. Um, could have really cemented themselves as you know the the front runners there and, and really dropped the ball. And then the AFC South, the Colts are are hanging around. Anthony Richardson's going to be out for a few weeks now. I we saw earlier today. Um, but the Texans and the Titans are two and three, and the Jags are three and two. I still think that's the Jags. Um, the Jags division to lose though. Uh, so next week, what do we have? Anything, anything big? We got the Chiefs and the Broncos on Thursday night. Don't think that'll be much anything there. Uh, Commanders and Falcons, see if the Falcons can get another win. Seahawks and Bengals is an interesting one. Uh, Seahawks can go to four and one. Bengals need a win. Uh, get back to 500. Bears, Vikings, the, uh, the basement dwellers of the NFC North. 49ers head to the Browns. That could be a weird one. That could be one to keep an eye on. It's that early, uh, that early game in the, the East Coast time zone. So interesting one. Uh, kind of a sneaky, interesting game that I don't know how much we thought it was going to be that much of an interesting game uh, at the start of the year. The Lions at the Buccaneers. The Lions at the Buccaneers. Uh, and then the Cowboys head to the Chargers on Monday night. That's that's also interesting. 
So some interesting games, not necessarily like your juggernauts lined up against each other, but definitely some some intrigue there. So um, we'll move on to our uh, Monday Night Football recap right now. Well, that's over. Uh, that was not pretty. Um, that was just bad, man. That was just bad. The Raiders, the... the the Raiders, the Jimmy Garoppolo, poorly playing quarterback Raiders, uh, just took us down. Uh, 13 points. Uh, one time, you know, from the five. And, you know, after the Christian Watson big play. Another time they were, you know, started from like the 40. Uh, those lead to uh, not touch. Did, did the 40 lead the touchdowns? Hang on. Let me think here. Oh, shit. I went back to last week. Yeah, it might have. Yeah, that, sorry. I take that back. The After the interception was the A.J. Dillon where they just gave it to him every time. A.J. Dillon looked better tonight. I will give you that. Um, the, the, the problem is Jordan Love did not. I mean, A.J. Dillon, 20, 20 rushes for 76 yards. I mean, that's... That, that that was the best part of the night, and he was averaging not even four yards a carry. Like Jordan Love was just bad, man. Just bad. Like the defense played all right. The the defensive line was looking good early. It's just ugh, just yeah. Jordan Love is regressing, it feels like. Time of possession pretty similar. I mean the defense only gave up 17 points. They they let the last touchdown go with 15 minutes right at the start of the fourth quarter. I just I don't get it, man. It's it's not good. It's not getting better. Uh, it's I feel like it's about to get worse. Let's look at the the schedule. I mean, they're they're off this this next week. Thank God. Um, I don't have to watch that shit again. I stayed up for this fucking shenanigans. Uh, the Broncos, hey, when they come back, they get the Broncos and the Vikings. Those two teams stink. Stink. If they can't win both of those games, oh, oof I mean, Jordan Love, this was bad. He uh, His stat line, 16 to 30, so barely above 50% completion ratio. Uh, three interceptions, two sacks. One of one was was a really, really bad sack. After he'd been having kind of a nice drive, he he doesn't look comfortable in the pocket. Um, he he like has like a refusal to step up into the pocket. Uh, it just it doesn't look good. Uh, he's it's like a check down or it's a deep ball. There's like no intermediate passing. Like he can't kind of push it down the field without trying to just chuck it deep to Watson. Um, it's like he's panicking. There were a couple times when he tried to force something when, I mean, we saw that he had a couple of nice runs, one of which was a, a pretty long run. He's got some decent speed. Why doesn't he use it a little more often? He like panics and feels like he has to throw it. Like go run for like six yards, man. Like there was a, there was one late in the game and he was kind of moving left, but he wouldn't step up into the pocket and then try to flip something out over to the sideline. 
Like, just step up and run for six yards. And I know it was late in the game. Maybe he was just trying to get some passes out there so they could get the clock stopped on the edges. But it's not good. It's not good. He's – I mean, I know it's five games. I know it's five games. But I don't think he's it. I, I haven't thought he was it the whole time. But, like, I just don't – like, I don't think – he's getting – Worse, almost. I mean, this was a Raiders defense uh, that was without two of their starting uh, defensive backs. They're the number 23 scoring defense in the league. And at one point, no receiver on the Packers had uh, a catch for over seven yards. The last three first halves, uh, the Packers have scored zero points, three points, and three points. It's hashtag not good. Not good. I mean, here's the thing. If they even if they get through and win both those games against the Broncos and the Vikings, then it's the Rams at the Steelers, host the Chargers, at the Lions, host the Chiefs. So even if they win those two games, it's very possible they lose the next five. Then they get the Giants, but then they host the Bucks. Who knows? And then they finish with Panthers, Vikings, Bears. So they're two and three. They should win two games. Four, seven. Seven and nine, or seven and ten, is best case scenario. I think. Eh. There's a, I mean, they could go eight and nine. I just don't see it. I mean, that's, there's no way. I'm not certain they beat the Bears again. Who knows if they even beat the Vikings? But I don't think there's a chance to beat the Rams. I doubt they beat the Steelers. Fucking Kenny Pickett will just somehow look like a fucking all-star. No way they beat the Chargers. They're not beating the Lions. They're not beating the Chiefs. Oh, it's bleak. It's bleak, ladies and gentlemen. And I just... Jordan Love's not the answer. Get some draft capital ready. See if you can move up. I mean, you can't go get Caleb Williams. There's not enough draft capital unless they just start losing. Which, you know, maybe at this point, maybe that's what I know we're two and three. I know, you know, I, I know that's not out of it, but it feels out of it, man. It feels out of it. I mean, they're amongst the lowest in points scored. Good God, the Giants have only scored 62 points this year. I mean, when you look around, the NFC South's pretty bad, too, in points scored. The Patriots have only scored 55 points this year. I guess it could be worse. I guess it could be worse. You could also be a Phillies fan tonight. I'm, I'm rooting for the Phillies. Don't get me wrong. But, ooh, blowing that lead. They had like a no-hitter through five. Uh, giving up the the late the home runs in the seventh and then the eighth. Um, both two-run shots. And then a uh, uh, a wild double play. Uh, center fielder catches it up against the wall, guns it into the uh, the infield. They missed the cutoff or somebody bobbled it or it kind of snuck by somebody and they still get it anyway. Bryce Harper was apparently halfway to third. Um, so that was that was a tough one for the, for the Phils. Uh, but they, uh, they head back to Philly day off and then they're back there. So we got that to look forward to for later in this week. And, you know, at least we don't have to deal with another Packers disappointment. I can't even be angry. Like, I, I, I was texting with uh, Big Cat Bill Gardner here while the game was going on as usual. And 
at one point in the in the last drive, I was like, I have no faith. Like, there's no chance in my mind that this that this drive gets in the end zone at the end of the game. Like, if that was Rodgers, I'd be like, it's probably going to happen. He's going to sneak it. It's going to. He's at least going to sneak up on it, and he's going to scare it. I was sitting there. I was like, there's literally zero chance this happens. None at all. All right, I'm going to bed. It's past my bedtime. Let's uh, let's keep this uh, this pod rolling. Okay, let's talk some some college foosball now. Uh, Penn State off week idle. They were idle as it was seen on a lot of the uh, the scoreboards. Uh, they remain at number six in the uh, the AP poll. Uh, so as they have been all year, right there at six. I think they actually started at seven. So. Um, but the, the game of the week, obviously, the Red River rivalry from the Texas State Fairgrounds at the Cotton Bowl, Oklahoma and Texas. And what a game. What a game. Just an incredibly fun game, uh, you know, right from the start. Great atmosphere, first of all. Uh, you know, a lot of these neutral site games, the atmosphere kind of stinks. Uh, not this one. Like, people were pumped up. You know, it's great. It's one side is one set of fans. The other side is another. They've been doing this forever. I think they said this is like the 99th straight year. Uh, it was fantastic. The The whole atmosphere seemed sweet. It's one of those things that I always said if I ever, you know, if I would ever come into a bunch of money, win the lottery, something like that, I'd want to go to, like, all these different events, you know. Uh, you know, get to a World Series game. I don't, I don't even know if Super Bowl would be on it, but, like, get to a World Series game. Uh, you know, a weekend of March Madness, you know, go to a big boxing event or UFC event in Vegas, you know, do that. This is definitely on the list. Now, uh, the Red River rivalry used to be Red River shootout at one point. I'm sure that's probably been gone away because shootout's not acceptable uh, to be said. But uh, yeah, this place looks sick. And the game backed it up. I mean, right from the start, an interception to start the game, Oklahoma scores. Next, you know, Texas is blocking kicks. And, you know, in the fourth quarter, Texas is 10 down and they sack up and they sacked up and they came back and they tied the game. And the problem is they just left a little too much time. And, oh, you went right back down, scored a touchdown to win the game. Huge win for the Sooners. Uh, I would think everything's going to look like, you know, I think if Texas can win out, big 12 standings, these guys are going to play again in the uh, – you know, they got, they got West Virginia in their way. Ohio State, Kansas, and Texas Tech are also 2-1. and one. Let's see what Texas has left on the schedule. So Texas has beaten Kansas. So they got that part knocked out. Uh, they're going to have a chance to beat Texas Tech and Iowa State. So, uh, you know, they went out. It's all roads back to this game. And Oklahoma wins out. It's all roads back. That would be sick. That would be great. Because that game was fantastic, and I'd, I'd love to see another one. Um, Alabama ekes out a win, also eking out a win. USC is, sneaks one out in overtime. That was uh, that was late. Uh, did not catch that one. Did not catch that one. I do think we've figured out that USC is not a, a real national title contender at this point. I, I just, you know, I don't even know what their schedule looks like. They got to have some. Some big boys coming up. I mean, I know they go to Notre Dame here next week. Then they host Utah, head to Cal, host Washington. I mean, their last three weeks of the season are, I mean, from here in, it's a fucking murderer's row, really. 
at Notre Dame, host Utah, go to Cal, uh, host what who is now number seven Washington, at number eight Oregon, host number 18 UCLA. They've got some games coming their way for the rest of the year. So, uh, yeah, woo, get ready, people, get ready. Um, speaking of Notre Dame, Louisville dominates them, kind of. Uh, you know, a, a good, just convincing, solid win. Um, Louisville, uh, Jack Harlow in attendance, uh, and just a good, flat-out good win for UCLA. So, good for them. Another team with a good win, LSU. LSU, uh, Brian Kelly said, hey, turns out they didn't, uh, they didn't cancel the season. Uh, LSU with a good win over Missouri. And, you know, they've, they found some, some, you know, maybe some momentum after losing the game last week to, to Mississippi. So, you know, they, uh, they still, they still got a chance here to, to be, to be alive, to be somebody. Uh, Auburn's coming to town, then Army's coming to town. Then at the start of November, they, uh, they head down to Bama. Oh, Alabama. So, uh, but a good win for them here in Missouri. Good win. Uh, Michigan and Georgia absolutely dominate. Uh, Florida State was off. Ohio State beats Maryland. I'm just kind of running through the rest of the top 10 here. Washington was off. Oregon was off. Uh, then we get to Texas, USC, Alabama. Uh, North Carolina uh, beat Syracuse. They're up to 12th. Up to 12th. They've got a game coming up that we're going to check in. Uh, Ole Miss slides up the rankings. Louisville jumps big from 25 up to 14. Duke, uh, idle, but they sneak up a couple of spots. Anything else here? Anything else? Kansas Jayhawks, uh, they slide in the top 25. They were ranked previously, but a, a big win over UCF. Uh, the Miami Hurricanes. Oh, what? What idiots. Idiots. All they had to do was take a knee, and they run it, and they fumble and lose the game to Georgia Tech. With a minute 22 remaining, they had a 99.9% chance of winning the game. Ouch. Ouchies. Uh, this coming week, Penn State uh, faces the the absolute murderer's row of the UMass uh, front line coming to town. Going to see if they can uh, see if they can withstand that. Like seriously, why do these games get fucking played? UMass. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. Do we have a line on UMass? Minus 42 and a half. 42 and a half. They have to score seven touchdowns. Six touchdowns and a field goal to cover. Good God. Uh, but there are some good games this week. Uh, in, an, in an afternoon spot... You got Oregon and Washington, uh, a Pac-12 showdown, and then we got a we got a trifecta of games in the evening. Uh, USC, like I said, heads to Notre Dame. Miami heading to North Carolina. North Carolina, number twelve ranked North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, will the basketball team get to number twelve at all in the regular season? And then uh, another Pac-12 game, UCLA and Oregon State. So some some decent games coming up. I think, I think week, week eight, not, you know, this coming week, but the following week had some real bangers. Yeah, a, a good number of games that are pretty good games in week eight. Uh, Penn State, Ohio State, which is going to be 
at uh, 11 a.m. That's a big noon game. Washington State and Oregon, Tennessee and Alabama, Utah and USC, Duke and Florida State. So uh, some fun games, fun games coming up in the next couple weeks for uh, for college football fans. Uh, looking forward to it. Hopefully Penn State gets through this uh, this tough UMass team so we can get to Ohio State. Time for some passing thoughts. What do you think? Uh, saw that uh, Kevin Costner has a couple of new movies coming out. A Western, I believe, set during uh, the 1860s. I believe I saw 1861, 1865. So set during the Civil War, but I don't think very like much pertaining to the Civil War. I think it's very Western, Western-based. Uh, what I saw that was interesting, it's called Horizon, an American Saga. It's a two-parter, two-part movie. They're releasing what they're calling Chapter 1 on June 8th of 2024. June 8th. Chapter 2 will come out on August 16th. So just a little over two months afterwards. So that's interesting. Uh, looking forward to that. Tend to like Kevin Costner movies. Uh, so we'll be uh, we'll be interested in, in seeing that. Uh, speaking of movies, caught this one on TV the other day. Live Free or Die Hard. Uh, first saw this movie way back in the day uh, when it came out in theaters. I believe it was 2007. Saw it on Long Beach Island with producer Kevy and uh, Simo. Uh, this is, dude, this movie's fun. It's a fun movie. Um, Justin Long, who had this stretch where he was in like all these bangers and I don't really think he's in anything anymore. Uh, also watched Waiting with him because of seeing this one. On TV and then got looking at his thing and saw Waiting, which is a funny movie too. But Live Free or Die Hard is great. Uh, I think after that, the Die Hard movies kind of started to suck. I don't even know. How, what are there two afterwards? I got to look now. Hang on. Let's look at the Die Hard film series. I think there's just the one after. A Good Day to Die Hard. Yeah, that wasn't very good. I have not seen three in so long. I need to see three again. It's been so long. I watch one every year around Christmas. Uh, two's actually pretty good, too. Three was good for the last time I saw it. Again, I need to see it again. John McTiernan, great director, obviously did the first one, too. Uh, but, yeah, Live Free or Die Hard is great. And Timothy Oliphant plays an, a great bad guy in this in this movie. So, um, just fantastic. Just fantastic. Yeah, Justin Long. <laughs> Justin Long went through the stretch. So he comes up in is in Galaxy Quest. It's actually a, a pretty funny movie. He's engaged to Kate Bosworth. How about that? So in 04, he's in Dodgeball. Then in 05, he does Waiting, which is a funny movie. 06, he's in The Breakup. Is he? I haven't seen The Breakup in a while. Is he Vince Vaughn's like buddy in that? But then he does Accepted in 06. He's in Idiocracy. I haven't seen that in a while. Then 07. He does Live Free or Die Hard. He actually is a voice for Alvin the Chipmunks in 07 as well. He's in Zack and Mary Make a Porno in 08. Then in 09, he's in a boatload of things. Holy shit balls. He's in, he's just not that into you. He's like one of the main characters. And he's in Still Waiting, Taking Chances, Serious Moonlight, Drag Me to Hell, Funny People, which is a cameo. Um... Voice is a short film, does another voice, is uncredited in another old old dogs, after dot life, Alvin and the Chipmunk sequel. Oh nine. He was working. After that, 
I see like Alvin the Chipmunks. He was in a movie, I Steve. There was a parody of Steve Jobs, I guess, in, in 13. I mean, you start looking for like stuff that you recognize after that. Like he, he just not much, not much. Was he in some TV shows? He's been a voice on F is for family. He was a new girl a little bit. I remember seeing that. But yeah, just an interesting run for him. He goes, just as in all the stuff, and then he's not. Then he's not. Um, out here in, in Wisconsin, uh, I think we skipped fall and went right to winter. Uh, it was 36 degrees this morning. I was walking the dog in long underwear, a hat, and gloves. Um, a, a little more fall. We went right from 80 degrees down to this. A little more fall would have been all right. I will say the best thing about this, and I've said this before, probably said it last year when the weather got cool. Uh, best thing about this, beers. You can store them in the garage, or you can store them right on right on your porch, your deck, whatever it may be. You don't have to take up all the, uh, the, the fridge space. You don't have to work too hard. You just set that cooler right in your garage or right on your deck or your porch, and, and you're good to go. You're good to go. Uh, you know what else you're good to go is if you're listening to some Creed. I know Creed's been on uh, all over my algorithm, uh, all the stuff picking on, but Creed has some bangers. They do have some bangers. Uh, I, I would, I dare you to listen to some some of the bangers that Creed has and not uh, not have a good time. Uh, I did see that this was really interesting. I got to look up Galladay. Is it Galladay College? It's a college. Galladet. It's a college for um, uh, deaf people and people who are hard of hearing. They created a football helmet for them that has like a little screen that will like put in the plays. Like it'll be like it'll like send them in so that they don't have to like worry about sending someone in to sign them. It's uh it's really cool. 5G powered helmets, it says. They did like a little segment on that on game day this weekend. It was it was pretty cool. I, I thought it was pretty sweet. Oh, I saw a funny thing. Uh it was I mean, it's I don't even think it's like remotely true because I'm pretty sure our national anthem was written in the War of 1812. Francis Scott Key, right? Yeah, it was written in the War of 1812, 1814, um, by 35-year-old lawyer named poet Francis Scott Key after witnessing the bombardment of Fort McHenry by British ships of the Royal Navy. So, I mean, I guess this still, this still holds up, but <laughs> I love this. It's a picture of them unfold, unfailing like a huge American flag in London. And the tweet says, gotta love the audacity we have to go to London and sing the anthem that's literally about beating them in a war before our game with a name we stole from a different sport they invented. I mean, I guess it's not right. Beat them in a war. I mean, we don't really win the war. Well, you know, let's not get caught up in it. But just, it is. The audacity of fucking us. We're just like, we're telling to fucking England. We're going to play football which they call soccer, you know, a sport where you actually use your feet. And we're like, fuck that. We're unveiling the flag and singing a song about fucking fighting their asses. Oh, gotta love it. Gotta love how fucking bold we are. Uh, oh, other song. Uh, she Hates Me came on my uh, Spotify the other day. What a song. She Hates Me by Paula of Mud. What an absolute banger. Uh, any of you guys see the, you know, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Butler went uh, emo hair? And some of the, you know, the tweets about it have been incredible. 
Bleacher Report put one out six days ago, and it was great. Uh, I'll just read some to you. Uh, Jimmy Heat World, Ball Out Boy, Heat Wentz, Peter Parker and Spider-Man 3, Panic at the Free Throw, which is one of my favorites. And then, in quotes, because tonight will be the night that I will ball for you. Like that one. That's a good one. Uh, cut my contract in two pieces. Dame was my last resort. And maybe my favorite, Backboard Confessional. Just absolutely uh, fantastic things. Uh, just great. Just great. I also saw another thing that I thought was pretty great. Kirk Cousins like just went to the Twins playoff game. And the interview was like, yeah, we just got tickets and went over. It was right after my kids had a nap. And I just put on sunglasses and a hat. And I did pretty good. And then word started getting around. Like, that's pretty funny that, like, an NFL quarterback just, like, was like, fuck it. We're just going to go sit in the stands. That was pretty good. Um, 20 years ago, uh, 007 Nightfire was released. 007 Nightfire um, was played to death in the basement of a, a house in Monroe in Pennsylvania uh, by myself and my friends. What an incredible game. Guided Rockets. Uh the story mode was very good too. Just a just a really fun game. Uh, one of the great 007 games. You know, not uh, not quite Goldeneye, but uh, it was uh, it was as good as you could get, uh, pretty much. Uh, Twenty years ago, uh, ooh, makes me feel old. Twenty years ago, we were we were playing the shit out of that game. Uh, a couple sports things. Uh, the Flyers start on Thursday uh, against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to some some Flyers hockey getting going here for us. And Luke List picks up a victory on the PGA Tour at the Sanders was this the uh, yeah, the Sanderson Farms uh and I believe it was a five-man playoff. He rolls in a bomb for Birdie uh to win. Luke List. Um Luke List has been bet by coach Jeffy no more or no less than 50 times probably in the last 4 or 5 years. And uh, sure enough, Coach Jeffy missed the boat when Luke List uh, won this tournament. Uh, is this his first one? He is 38 years old. Wow. Did not know he was 38. Oh, no, he won the Farmer's Insurance. He beat Will Zalatoris on a playoff in the Farmer's Insurance in January of 2022. How about that? He lost to Justin Thomas in the 2018 Honda. I think I remember that. I don't remember him winning the Farmers in 2022. Speaking of Will Zalatoris, he was seen hitting some balls. Uh, it would be good to see him get back. You know, a guy who's uh, who many think is a, a, a star in the making. Uh, you know, lost in the the playoff to uh, to Justin Thomas in the PGA uh, in 2022 as well, but had been out for back surgery for almost all of 2023 um, since I believe it's. April. I don't even know how much he played in 2023, but uh, we'll be good to see him back. He's an absolute flusher of the golf ball. Uh, Could have used him in in uh, in Italy last weekend. So, you know, that happens. Um, all right. I think that's it. Let's go. Uh, what do you say we go wrap this thing up? <laughs> Closing time, everybody. Uh, as always, just want to say thank you to everybody. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you to anybody who, who listens, watches, you know, the whole deal. Uh, appreciate all you guys. Uh, as always, thanks to thanks to producer Kevy. He gets this thing going. 
Um, big thanks to E. Thanks for uh, coming on and chatting a little baseball with us and uh, filling us in on all the stuff I don't really know anything about. So uh, appreciate all you guys. Back next week, more football. Hockey starts. Um, more baseball to talk about. Uh, we'll get more. We'll talk more about what's going on in that as well. Uh, may even have a Flyers preview. I don't know. Got to check out some scheduling and stuff like that. So, but we will be back next week. So, uh, until then, peace. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.